everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. My name is Brock Yonke. I am the lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship. I'm joined by the one, the only, Tara Wiedemeyer, professional. I, I said Wiedemeyer. Wiedemeyer, yeah. professional therapist. Tara, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, Brock. How are you this morning? Well, uh, you know, I'm excited for this episode because we've got some questions to answer today. It's, it's very exciting. It is very exciting. Do you have another word for it? Um, no. Am I supposed to have another word for it? <laughs> okay. All right. You just said exciting twice, back to back very quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, is it titillating? So, so I wouldn't use that word. But anyway, <laughs> here we are uh, on the podcast. And I don't know if people know or not, Tara, but we also have an Instagram page, which is just so exciting. Tara's in charge of the Instagram page. And so. <laughs> Why did you have to say that? that we, I think we have five posts. <laughs> Yeah, five posts, but they're quality posts, mm. and fancier than I would ever do. So, congratulations on your skills. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tara, if they wanted to find us on, uh, I know that you make fun of me, but on the gram, as I like mm. to call it, because that's kind of the, how the kids call it, I think. How would people find us on on the uh, on the gram? Is it just the Mindful Marriage Podcast? It is. Um, yeah, they can just type that in, and it pulls up, and they'll see our five. Little but mighty posts Little but on mighty. there. Mm-hmm. All right. So today what we're going to do is we asked uh, for some questions. So we've collected some questions from some various sources here to answer. Because last time we talked about the art of letting things go and how that's sometimes a, a part of marriage that we don't do a good job at. Because we sometimes think we want to battle for every every nuance. And so we, we've asked and try to assemble some ideas about some specific ways that maybe folks are having a hard time letting things go and looking for our advice. Well, that's just, they're looking more for Tara's advice probably than mine, but here we go. So are you ready for the questions? I am ready. Okay. Question number one. All right. From a, uh, one of our, our, our females that uh, we interact with says, I can't seem to let it go whenever we get into a heated with quotation marks around it, a heated argument and my husband's tone and gets kind of heated and he uses a lot of always and never statements when I try not to use those statements very often those are kind of peppered into the conversation and so I'm doing good and then he loses his tone a little bit starts to say always and never and I lose it so how can I not let it go in that situation so Tara solve the world for us and by the way we're going to try to answer this question in seven minutes Tara I've got a timer and oh yes Brock has we're going to do a three by seven guys on this one not like a two by four this is a three by seven three questions seven minutes each I'm not sure where seven minutes came from but that's what we're doing folks pretty excited about my idea Tara just looked at me in horror when I it was hey it just needed to grow on me a little bit you know it's okay all right so help this person learn how to let it go when the husband loses their Mm. a little bit or if they even should yes Yes. Or if it would be productive. Yes. Okay. And go. So on this one, I would say, um, you know, again, going back to what we talked about last episode, if it's a pattern, sometimes those things do need to be approached and discussed. Um, So on this one, it sounds like maybe it sometimes is um, just based on like the way she worded the question. And so, if you want to let it go in the moment and it's not something that needs to be discussed, I think it's one of those things where, you know, if things are getting heated or there's some emotional charge, you know, 
hopefully ahead of time, y'all have discussed it. If not, you can do it in that moment. It just doesn't always go as well when there's, you know, emotions are high or people aren't being super rational. Um, but just saying like, hey, let's just take a break from this and agree to walk away and do something else for a little bit and come back. And if things are good and don't need to be discussed, that's, I think, one thing you can do. However, I would, and that's what's hard about these is we don't have a lot of detail or context to go off of. I would want to know, like, again, how often is this happening? What is triggering it? Um, you know, is, what does it look like afterward? You know, like, it, are there apologies? Is there remorse? Is there the cold shoulder, you know, what, what's going on. And so as if this person was like, it's not a pattern. I just want to let it go. I think just, you know, recognizing this is about if she doesn't have something to work on again, we have to take that personal inventory and, you know, is this more about me than him? But if it appears that it's more about him recognizing like, okay, you know, just because he's saying you always, you never, you know, using language like that doesn't make it true. That's probably coming from something going on within him or some hurt or some anger that he needs to maybe deal with or work out or be vulnerable with and share with her so she can have more to go on, you know. So recognizing this is something he needs to kind of like work through. And if he needs to come to me, he can. I'm going to focus on like, what can I do in this moment to, you know, be a better communicator, be healthier, be more productive in this whole thing. And if that means, you know, not engaging with it, then don't engage with it, go do something else and then check back in later. Um, but this, I don't know, this one seems a lot to me that it probably does need to be discussed because it, again, I think it looks like it's probably more of a pattern, which is again, hard to say because of the context, but you know, you so always, and you, if it's mm -hmm. a one off event, like it happens from time to time, it might be a little easier to let things go. But if it's a right. pattern, that's when you kind of say, okay, well, there's probably some work we need to do here. Cause it's probably not going to get solved by just wishing it. Right. And we don't know what her role is either, you know, in this, like what, how does she respond? Does she like fly off the handle and like rip into him when he does this or does she shut down and not know how to, you know, speak up for herself, that kind of thing? I don't, I don't know. And so I think all of those things are important and need to be taken into account, but we don't have that information. So, but if it, it is something that needs to be discussed when things are not emotionally high and charged going to him and even point gently and kindly pointing out like, you know, are you aware that you even say things like this and seeing what he says? Um, and if she really isn't always and, you know, or never doing certain things or saying things, whatever he's using that around, you know, having conversations with him around that and hopefully helping him to see some like that there's, it doesn't have to be extreme um, and that there maybe there's some gray areas or, you know, just again, trying to just delve into things and see kind of where he's at so they can get more on the same page. Um, I'm looking at the question again, just to make sure I'm not. Yeah. And, and it seems to me like there would also be like, 
you said a couple of things in there that were really helpful. Like we still have to kind of always in these situations kind of look at our role in it and, you know, how are we responding? How are we reacting? But again, it's like, the question is like, I can't seem to let it go when this seems to happen. What, what do you think about, because I'm always, I always kind of lean toward when couples get in this situation where they just can't communicate and they just are an impasse when they're always just, it just never goes well, that it's almost like trying to figure this thing out on their own probably is a dead end. And so like involving some other people, like doing something like being in a group setting, like a, like a re-engage or going to counseling or something like that seems to be kind of or the next step in order to really get anywhere. Cause it seems like when I've worked with couples that kind of continually just try to do this on their own, it usually doesn't go well. So I don't know if that's been your experience or that sounds really horrible. Um, I mean, again, I think it very much depends on the couple and the context. Um, if this is something that's been going on for years and they're just having, you know, doing the same old dance. Yeah. It wouldn't hurt at all to change things up and maybe add a third party in. Um, and it, even if it's only been a short while and they just want some help, I think that's okay. But even just something as simple, well, I say simple, it can feel not simple in the moment, but if they don't want to do that, or they don't think that it's at the point where they need to, you know, go to re-engage or do counseling or something like that, even just reading the same book, um, or reading the same article and then talking about it, agreeing that they're going to discuss it um, and have some open dialogue and vulnerability with each other, I think can be hugely helpful. I mean, especially if it's related to this topic, but even if it's not, or maybe it's more indirectly related, just learning how to connect over some of those things and be vulnerable with your partner, I think can be hugely helpful and help you guys feel more unified. So everything doesn't have to feel like some major battle or threat. Um, so I think that could be yeah, because I think that's another great, idea because like sometimes it feels like if some, one person is working on the marriage and learning some things and they have an idea about how the way how, how things should go but the other person is learning those things that can cause some frustration so if there can be a mutual kind of like hey we're learning this together we're reading a book together we're watching this seminar together or something like that I think that could really be Helpful. Um, Tara, we've hit seven minutes in the three by seven genius idea that one of us had earlier. So do you have any wrap up thoughts on this idea? I think, um, well, just again, just because we're talking about letting it go, it, just trust your gut too. Um, after there's, after you've allowed yourself to kind of like come down and calm down and have a little more clarity and rational thought, it, if your gut says you need to approach them with something, you have the right to do that. Just be cautious in the way that you do it. Um, yeah, watch your tone. And like you talk about all the time, uh, look for the timing that would be right or, or best. To try to yeah, just be responsible with it and loving. And, but know that if you kind of like break that seal, you know, it could go well or it could not go well, or you might be committing to multiple conversations ahead of time, which is, okay, but it's not always a quick fix. Yeah. Okay. All right. You ready for question number two? I'm ready. All right. Tara always likes it when we talk about sexuality on the podcast. So here we go. All right. So this obviously is not obviously, but it's coming from a male perspective. So what a stereotype rock. Jeez. Well, it's from a guy. All right. So I can't seem to let it go when I've talked to my wife repeatedly about having sex more frequently and also the idea of her initiating more often, 
But then what happens is we have this conversation, sex doesn't increase in frequency, initiation doesn't increase. And so it seems to be that we're only having sex when it's convenient or, or good for her. And so how do I let this go? Because I know I've had this conversation, but how do I let it go and just kind of honor her in the, in the midst of that? So fun question, ready, begin. <laughs> so I have lots to say on this one. The first part though, if we're gonna, the whole let it go piece, um, <clears throat> I would want to ask this gentleman, um, what, you know, is it, is this about him or is this about them? Um, first off and right off the bat, like, is this, you know, just to meet his own needs, which are valid. Yes. But it takes two to tango in this situation very much. And is this about like building intimacy and trust and just connection in their relationship? Or does he just I hope I can say this, um, want to get laid. Sorry, Hope Fellowship, if I'm not allowed. But I mean, honestly, like, is this, because a lot of times I think with sexual desire, it can be, it can sometimes be a very selfish thing or we get stuck in our head um, or as the kids these days say our feels and we just, you know, it's kind of an ends to a mean, uh, means to an end. I just said that backwards, but hey, we're three by seven and yeah, we're just going to use all kinds of weird phrases. Um, a means to an end, or is this like, I really want to connect with my wife and have this, as the word you like, this cherishing moment, you know? So that's, that's where I would start. And based on what he would say, you know, I would say like, these are, you know, Maybe you can let it go sometimes or, you know, keep having these conversations. It just kind of depends. So I think that's a big one. Um, the guy, his response is, yes, I do want to connect with my wife, but I hear this from guys all the time, but I also have uh, I don't my know, own needs, my own needs, a high libido that I need to make sure that I'm having well, sex. What, what? And that's where I get into my next part. And I think there's a lot that goes into there can be a lot that goes into sexual experiences or intimacy in a marriage. And we talked about this before, you know, and there are likely to be, you know, there's likely to be a, a higher desire partner and a lower desire, or at least y'all don't y'all aren't on the exact same page in the same paragraph kind of thing. And so that needs to be taken into account, you know, stress, health issues, all kinds of stuff like that can affect libido alone. And so it's not always a personal jab, even though it might feel like one, if one of the spouses is not wanting to have sex with the other person as much as the other one is wanting to. Um, and I think that's hard to remember because it can feel, it feels very personal it and very it feels like rejection sometimes or that you're not desirable or those kinds of things. And Yes, sometimes that is what's going on, but sometimes it's very much what is not going on. And so... And so one of the things I hear you saying is that we need to make sure that we're, again, our whole season, we're talking about perspective, is trying to kind of think, put yourself in the other person's shoes a little bit and think about what stresses are going on in their life, what, um, you know, the other, the other factors that might be influencing them that it's not about sex at all. It might be just there's a lot of pressure in their life that's just like, hey, I've got to just kind of survive and advance here a little bit. Yeah. And so like, for example, if somebody, if a wife is saying like, you know, I'm just too stressed out and like, 
you know, that's my libido is taking a hit in that way, or they're not even communicating that way, but you just, you know, they're stressed. And so like, maybe this is not at the top of their priority list. You know, if, if it would help sometimes just paying attention to the unspoken stuff, I think it's very important as well. And so if you know, they're stressed and they are doing 20 things and running circles around you and you're just chilling on the couch, maybe get up and help, you know, do some things to take some stuff off of her plate. If that's what's going on, if it, if it is health stuff, you know, communicating like that you want to be a part of that like journey or figuring things out, or if, if they're not figuring it out, encouraging them to do so, you know, but I think again, there's, there needs to be some open dialogue from both parties here, but uh, what I see a lot with sexual stuff is oftentimes there's a lot of guilt and shame around it. And so if that is the case, especially with shame, it can keep us quiet and it can keep us from not wanting to always share the ugly truths um, because it can, it just, it can activate that and it just, it doesn't feel good. And so just being very aware that they could, that there might be some stuff going on, no pun intended behind closed doors with themselves. Um, But I think it's okay to talk about. And I think when we're talking about the sexual health of a marriage, it's not something that you want to just let go of a lot of times because that stuff is going to build. And then you are sitting on a therapist's couch and you say like, we haven't had sex in seven years. You know, I mean, that happens more than you might think. And so I think those are things that do need to be approached, but maybe not every single time you want to have sex doesn't need to be approached. Um, Because I think, again, y'all are two very different people in that situation and we're wired very differently and there can be different stressors and all of that. So, I mean, this one is, I, could be very multifaceted and layered. And so, I mean, a large part of this is like, again, trying to gain their perspective. And as you, if you are the higher desire spouse, trying to put yourself in their shoes and thinking, what can I do to help create intimacy with them? Uh, because a lot of times uh, it feels like, again, I've heard a lot of people talk about like, typically the lower desire spouse. And if it's a female, it's like, there's kind of this idea like, I want to feel intimately connected with you and then kind it's of less about the sex and more about like about intimacy, intimacy can, step around it. Yeah. Then sex, it can be conversations. It could be back rubs. It could be uh, just spending time together, going on a walk. Intimacy can be created. And so like kind of drawing that circle around ourselves and kind of saying, what am I doing to create intimacy in this relationship is a good start. And then also if it really just is becoming a big issue, again, working on the timing, all that kind of stuff, how to have a conversation and if it just continues to go poorly and becoming a big wedge in your relationship, then it's probably time to, to get an outside perspective again, which I'm always a big fan of because sometimes it's just so difficult to hear from your spouse because you've heard that same message before and someone else kind of helping you gain that perspective seems to really kind of get you outside of your selfishness and, and really hear the truth. And so. Yeah. Well, so, and I think too, another thing is this guy could go to his wife and say, rather than like, I want to have more sex or I want to have, uh, I want you to initiate it more. They could talk about how they feel when that doesn't happen or they don't feel connected rather than, you know, these are the things I want. Maybe like, this is how I feel when they don't happen or this is why I actually do want that. 
I think could be very helpful for her to hear as well. All right. So we've reached our seven minutes. So the three by seven theme, I can feel the listening audience is so excited by this three by seven theme. Can you <laughs> palpable, palpable. All right. Our final question in the three by seven, um, again, from a, so another female uh, perspective question here, maybe uh, I can't seem to let it go uh, that when we do have conversations, uh, my husband has a difficult time fully listening to me. Uh, admittedly, I do ramble a little bit from time to time, but he always cuts me off and says, kind of keep going with the story and never lets me finish my stories. And I'm having a hard time letting that go. So ready, begin, answer that tough question, Tara Force, in seven minutes on the three by seven podcast. <laughs> um, so, you know, with this one, I think, Going back to starting with ourselves um, and staying in our lane is, you know, and sometimes it's nice just to be able to talk or to vent or maybe even ramble. Yes. But some people would prefer that not happen. And so, you know, just is there anything I would ask this woman, is there anything in that moment like you can do to be more aware um, and kind of just pay attention to like how you're communicating and when, like if it's when he's trying, he just first gets home from work and he's unwinding, you know, he might need to just have some quiet and just relax for a minute so he can kind of debrief from his day before you jump into stories about your day, you know, that kind of thing. And that might feel selfish, but if that's how people need to get into a different headspace and kind of switch from like work mode to home mode or whatever it is we're talking about, I think it's okay. As long as again, it's communicated. Um, like when I first come home from work, I don't want to be bombarded with, you know, I need to, we need to compare our calendars about this meeting I have next week or I mean, what's for dinner or just a lot of questions. I want to like come, I want to put my stuff down. I want to like, probably put my pajamas on. I want to just like take a breath. Um, Cause I go, go, go all day long back to back and I have a very short commute. And so that's not enough time to just like hit the switch or flip the switch, you know? So I, that is, and I've had to communicate that with my husband and he, so he's very aware. And once I come out of my bedroom and like into the living room or wherever, like he knows like, okay, I'm ready to let, I'm like, I'm in the zone. I'm ready to go. We can talk about dinner. We can talk about your day, whatever. And so, but it took a while for us to kind of find that rhythm. Um, so instead of me being like irritable when first approached, you know, I, we've moved into this and it's been very helpful. Um, but I had to, I had to be honest with myself first and then him second. So you talk and about so, that, but timing is a big issue. It sounds timing like. is a massive issue. Yeah. issue. And so finding the right space, the right time. And would you say it's fair um, because there's this kind of in my mind, there's this thought of like, well, if this is how this person communicates, they should feel in their, this loving relationship that they can communicate how they want to communicate like this <laughs> should be listening. But at the same time, I have this tension. It's like, well, if your communication style isn't quite working where you feel like it's, you're just kind of all over the place. Like, do you evaluate your own communication style and say, Hey, maybe I need to change how I communicate with my spouse but does that have an adverse effect saying that I'm not fully appreciated by that, my spouse because this is who I am and how I like to communicate? Does that question make sense? I mean, yeah, it makes total sense. And I think it's a very appropriate 
um, it's also hard to change years of habits and that kind of thing around this. I think, but if, if she's, I mean, she admitted that she's a rambler. Um, yes, it would be lovely if you could just show up and ramble in any environment and be fully accepted. And that doesn't like, no one finds that annoying or irritating, but I also think that's hard to do. Um, and I don't know what, like, what's the, and maybe this sounds harsh and, but I'm, I'm a, I would like to say as little as possible. Um, I don't like to, I don't like small talk. I don't like, you know, just that kind of stuff. Um, and so I'm kind of like, if you're rambling and you know, you're rambling, it's not productive, maybe work on not being so (laughs) rambling kind of thing, you know? Like some people have, like their goal of communication is to get to the point. Some people yes. have their goal. Other people have the goal of communication. There's, I'm not necessarily looking for a point. I just have this amount of things that I like to talk about inside of me, and the goal is to get that out. Yes, and, so and that, that is very true. So if you got two that, those goals that are a little different, that seems like that's a setup for some struggle in learning how. Is. to appreciate But it. I would, I would ask this woman to figure out, like, is that what she's trying to do? Like, is this more just about connection? Or like, oh, there's a there's a, a person and I can just go and verbally vomit all over them too, you know? So I think, again, just building our own self-awareness can be huge here. What is my communication style? What is my connection style with my husband? Like, do I just want to be able to just have this safe place to land and just say whatever I want whenever I want? Okay. And that's fine. That's absolutely okay. But if that's not his style... There is, you're, y'all are going to have some tension there. And so maybe rambling less, but him being more like him working on being more of an active listener. Or if, you know, when she's talking to him, is the TV on and his attention is split, you know, making, so just again, creating an environment that is set up for hopefully a more successful conversation or conversations and then staying in our own lanes. But if this guy, I mean, it doesn't matter what her communication style is or if she's rambling, like if he's interrupting or not letting her finish, um, that's just flat out unkind. And I think that needs to be brought to his attention mm-hmm. if, as, if it's not a one-off thing, you know? And I think just, he may not, a lot of people interrupt and they don't even know that they're doing it sometimes. Like there is a lack of awareness there. And so just like, pointing that out in those moments. Um, Hey, like, I'm not sure you even recognize that you did this, but um, you just interrupted me and I want to finish this. If like you are willing to hear it right now. Um, What do you do in the situation where like, if he's aware of that, that it is unkind and she's still going to ramble and like, uh, like how, like, and you feel like you're really like, if you're the guy, you're really working on your listening skills. Or if you're the the gal that's talking the situation, you're really working on your being succinct skills and you feel like you're working on your skills and the other person is not. And that's the hard part maybe of letting things go that it may theme in these, these questions. Well, if you, I mean, if you've agreed to work on this, you know, together and individually, like when that happens, I think, what whatever maybe agreeing on ways y'all can like point that out to each other or help each other with that awareness like you know um if if i'm the guy in this then just like hey just letting you know you're kind of getting off track like bring it back to what we're talking about you know we're like let's finish this conversation 
um, or idea before we jump to this one, you know, and just kind of helping them navigate if they've allowed you to do that. And they're, they're going to, you know, take it well, like, they haven't it's, allowed to do that. That's that's a recipe for disaster potentially. Oh yeah. Well, and that's that's why I think sometimes we have to have conversations about how to communicate before we even jump into those conversations. Like, you know, if if she's saying I want you to stop interrupting me and cutting me off, okay. But he might say, well, I, then I want you to stop doing this or like this needs to change. So if they're giving each other permission if they are giving the other one permission to point that out or in love, you know, but point that out and they want them to work on themselves, but also like maybe they need some help staying on track or pointing out that you just interrupted me. I think that's fair. You know, I think that's okay to. So, so Tara, we've reached the end of our, our seven minutes in this wonderful podcast idea. And so, and I got a good, I don't, I don't like this idea because I'm not done. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so really kind of, what you're saying is like, or let me ask you this question. Is it okay for couples to both look at themselves in the mirror and say, there's some things I need to work on in my communication style for my spouse. And that doesn't mean that you're not being fully accepted by the other person. It just means that like there might be a window or a mirror would be a better way to say it into my, some things, maybe some patterns that I need to work on so I can be a better communicator to this spouse and to other people as well. Is that a fair statement? Very fair. And I think if you, and if you go to them and you say, Hey, I want to talk to you about something, but just so you know, like I've lately, I've been working on, you know, being more concise or paying attention to like the timing of stuff, because I know I haven't always um, maybe done that as well as I could have. And so I'm going to try to like, let you wind down when you come from come home from work or, you know, whatever, but you, you take ownership of what it is that you're working on. So they're aware of it. And then by asking them, you know, you know, if we're going to be better communicators or connect well in this area, these, these are the things that I would like to see ch- changed. And hopefully if you're vulnerable and taking responsibility and do it in love, they can hear you better when you say like, I want you to stop interrupting me more or, you know, things like that. And I think our, our theme for this season has been gaining their perspective, which a lot of it and all these questions is trying to really understand where that other person is coming from, what their needs are, and also kind of staying in our lane or drawing the circle around ourselves and saying, what can we do to make sure that they feel valued, they feel heard, uh, they feel cared for, and what are some things that I can work on to be better? Because ultimately, I think when we're in these relationships, Sometimes we see this other person as like in the way of us really being ourselves. Maybe God in some ways has given us this other person to be refined, to be a better human being, to be more a better listener, a better communicator, thinking about others' needs a little bit more. So I think that's ultimately a beautiful thing. And ultimately, Tara, then we are in a mindful marriage. See how I brought it back to the title of the podcast there? You did well there, Brock. That's fancy. So Tara, thank you uh, for your time as always. I enjoyed the three by seven conversation. Tara has given me a couple of looks throughout that she did not enjoy the three by seven. So we will. I didn't not enjoy it. It's just, you know, some of this is very complex. And also, again, we don't have a lot of context. And so I want to make sure we are able to at least present some different angles or ideas. And so. And that's the one thing that that's all. everybody, the therapists always want to know context and want to know the whole story. They don't like to just hear 
pieces of the story. It's very frustrating. So you know, oh, I know. We're yeah. such jerks. All right. Thank you, Tara, for your time. And, and everyone, we'll be praying for your marriage and just keep uh, being mindful. Thanks, Tara. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.